This is Mid-Missouri's Total Sports Station. KTGR, and it's time to get big. That was a big-time answer right there. You've got the big show with Andy and Brent serving up sports talk from Mizzou to the pros. And everything in between. Join us now on the KTGR hotline and sound off on today's biggest stories in sports. The big show starts now. You bet it does. Welcome into this Wednesday edition of The Big Show on ESPN 100.5 and 105.1 KTGR, your total sports station in mid-Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online at KTGR.com and on the KTGR app. It's Andy Humphrey, Brendan Schaefer here. No producer Chris today, but he should be back tomorrow. You can call or text us at 875-KTGR. We got to talk some Mizzou basketball today. Hooray! Because the losing streak unfortunately lives on. Oh, uh, not yeah, hooray. Yeah, not a hooray. <laughs> you you had an earlier hooray. It was a little bit uh a little bit premature on the hooray there. So, uh we'll talk some Mizzou men's basketball. And look, there there are some comparisons being made out there. I won't say by who, but it's kind of ridiculous, and we have to address it, I think. Well, I think you better say by who. I don't even know what you could be talking well, about. Well, We're going to get into it. We can get into it. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into it, but again, it, it doesn't matter who. It's just out there, and I think we need to we need to address it. We'll get to it in a few minutes. We'll talk some NFL, too. You know, the coaching carousel is it's spinning around. Jim Harbaugh. Is he going to the Chargers? Is he going somewhere else? Michigan's trying to keep him, reportedly. We'll talk about whether he could make a big impact in the AFC West if he does, in fact, uh, get a coaching job with the Chargers. We'll talk about that at 5.05. The Chiefs injury report was a little long today. Are you concerned by that? As they get set for the AFC Championship game, 5.25, we'll discuss. And we'll also talk some Tiger-style wrestling today. Big weekend coming for uh, Mizzou Wrestling as they go on the road to take on West Virginia and Cornell. Brian Smith, Mizzou Wrestling coach, will join us at 4.25 to talk about uh, the last week for uh, Mizzou Wrestling and what they're preparing for this weekend. 875-KTGR, you can call or text us. You can also tweet us at KTGR Big Show and find us on Facebook, too, at facebook.com slash KTGR Big Show. Now, the Big Show's Big Deal. Yet another game and yet another close loss for Mizzou basketball where they hung with their opponent, this time on the road at Texas A&M. Tigers jumped out to a 13-4 lead. But A&M came back. Had the lead at halftime. Mizzou did grab a lead briefly in the second half, but AM responded again, and Mizzou didn't have enough runs in them to be able to grab the victory. Texas AM wins 63-57. Tamar Bates, 16 points. Sean East, 17 points. But nobody else in double figures for the Tigers as they shot 39% from the field, and that's not great. But their opponent, Texas AM, still won despite shooting 29% from the field. It's really a rock fight of a game. Defensively, both teams locking up. Tigers continue their losing streak. They've lost six in a row, all in conference play, 0-6 in the SEC, 8-11 overall. That is the Big Show's big deal on this 24th day of January 2024. 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us. Same old song and dance for what we've seen from Mizzou the last few weeks. They're in the game. They... Oh. They are step for step 
or most of the game. And then like you hit the seven-minute mark about, and they can't keep up. And it was, it was almost like a slow sort of uh, unraveling last night because of how, uh, honestly, how slow the game was. Possessions very low. Uh, neither team really playing all that well on the offensive end. No, they were terrible. Both teams were terrible. I mean, it, I mean, was, it was disgusting to watch. It was not a very fun game to watch. And then ultimately, Mizzou, despite still being in that game, couldn't find enough uh, to uh, to get victory in the end. So w- what does it mean? 875-KTGR, call or text us. I mean, it's just yet another chance gone by. That's what it is. And I think it this one so stings gross. a little bit more than some of the others, too. I don't know if that's true. I think they've all kind of stung because, like you said, they've been in these games for the most part, and then you're you're unable to really find that that extra gear late in a game in order to to turn the tide in your favor. But I just want to read off some some box score lines for you and just get your impression of some of these because you had guys like Carolero playing 29 minutes, he doesn't score a point. Nick Honor 29 minutes, two for nine shooting. Zero rebounds, one late assist. I mean, these are the guys that are getting the bulk of the opportunities for this team, and they're just out there doing cardio for the large part. And it so that's, you, that's your ceiling. If this is what what we're going to get, out I'm of not going to argue the honor part. Well, I'll, I'll get to it. Carolero, look, it, he started yesterday. They also started Jordan Butler. Is a bit of a new look for the front court. For Mizzou, and I think that was by design, and I think it was more so to angle this team defensively. I actually think yesterday Dennis Gates had a pretty good game plan. Like they gave A and M fits in that zone yesterday. A and M's not blasted, great, yeah, on the boards either in the way that we expected. Yeah, and it's hard to rebound well in a zone, and they were already at a disadvantage for how good A and M was at it and how bad Mizzou was at it. But they still kind of held their own. I, I thought it was pretty good there. Carolero had a bad game. I, I don't I don't question him starting because up till this point he actually had been a pretty good offensive tool, maybe not in scoring, but certainly in distributing. And it's not like he did nothing yesterday. He still had five rebounds, three assists. So I uh, I'm not going to blast him to oblivion. And he plays solid defense, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get on board with where you're coming from there to say that that was part of the game plan along with Jordan Butler, to get the, the 24 minutes that he got I think, uh, to try and play defense. I think the way that Mizzou played that game was the way that you should play against an A&M team like that. When you know that they can't shoot well, all right, just lock up the middle, make sure they don't penetrate against you, and and you can make them bomb away from three. And it worked. So, I, I mean, it, I'm not going to blast that part of it. What I'm going to blast is the fact that you don't take advantage of that by getting live ball turnovers, by turning those chances uh, into points. Mizzou had five points off turnovers in the game. Can't be a a way to win for them. Uh, They, by and large, didn't do well finishing in the second half at the rim. They had several missed layups towards the end, uh, several of which could have given them the lead at that point. They were down one. The free throw disparity is something that we've gone over and over. Like it, and it's not the refs. Don't give me that complaint about yeah, it being the, the refs. Is, it's the like, way they play. It's the way they play basketball, Andy. 
they don't they don't attack. Free throws, look, there's a misnomer out there that free throws are free. They're not. They're not free. You have to go Should and earn them. Should be free. They, like they, you have to go and earn them. Like you have to actually deserve to go to the free throw line well, sometimes. They're free once you get there. Once you, you get there, okay, all right. Nobody's gonna, my... nobody's gonna be in your face. Okay, all right. So that's yeah. that's the main thing of why but it's you're free. Right. But you, you can't. You aren't born on this earth with the right to go to the no, free throw line. You have to go draw not. a foul. Got to go play and a do style. It. And I mean, with the home and away disparity too, you have to expect that it was thirty-seven to ten there, which is. Just pretty high, but we've seen this time and again. And when you see a trend, it it's not like you're getting refs against you every single game. It's not I'm not pointing way. to the referees at all. No. I mean, you go 17 minutes in this game before getting to the line. And by the way, when you do, I think it was Kurt Lewis misses two. Got to make the free throws. But yeah. I mean, yeah, the fact that they don't play a style, they're bombing deep from three and shooting 27% from behind the arc. I mean... It's just frustrating, and I will give Dennis credit for, like you said, maybe coming up with a game plan and, and a lineup combos that could thwart the strengths of the A and M team to try and keep this thing close, and they did. But you got to come up with, like you said, if you're if you're going to take the style that you're going to take, you can't just have five points off of turnovers. You have to be able to still play your style of game, and and I think they're caught between a rock and a hard place this year with who they put out there and how kind of ingrained those guys are going to be to the style of maybe tempo and, and transition basketball. It's it's like they're having to choose one or the other with who they've got out there at a given time, and they haven't been able to do both at, at the same time in the same game. That's kind of the way I've looked at it. 875-KTGR, call or text us. So, I mean, it, yet another edition of what Mizzou basketball is this year. They, oh, and six. Some, some talent, but can't put it together for a full 40 minutes yet in conference play to – to actually get one of these games under their belt. And, yeah, now they're 0-6 in conference. They're 8-11 overall, which is leading people to draw conclusions or draw comparisons to past seasons. Okay, so I'll let you lead off here because I want you to – I don't want to tarnish your viewpoint. I don't want to change it. I don't think I'm going to okay. change your mind, but I want to hear where you're coming from. It, it, we're talking social media. We're talking message, message boards. boards. Yeah, and there it's... was one, there was a screenshot from Power Mizzou that popped around on, on Twitter today that basically said, uh, were we too hard on Kimmy Anderson? I think was the title of the post. Oh, boy. And, I mean, remember, Kimmy Anderson, his three seasons here, I went Busy. back and checked today to make sure I wasn't missing missing anything coming into this conversation. But the conference records were 3-15, and 3-15, and 2-16. and 16. Those yeah. are the three years that he was here. Mm-hmm. So you you want to talk about the drawing comparisons. I know you're coming from a place of don't do that, <laughs> that this current iteration of Mizzou mm-hmm. basketball isn't like that one. So I want to give you the floor to sort of lay out your case for why you think it's a mistaken comparison to draw, and I'll see how much, if any, I disagree with. Here's the thing. I went back and looked at those years, too. And by the way, Gabe Biarmid of PowerMizzou.com uh, also pointed this out. Um, Mizzou right now is 110 in Kempom. This year, 110. They actually went up a couple of spots. Uh, from, <laughs> Are they above Arkansas, the last, too? Uh, I believe Arkansas is I just ahead of them. But, okay, let me, uh, I but they're around the, the same now. range. I think Arkansas is at 100 exactly. You're right. And, yep, that's correct. And Mizzou is at 110. The Kim Anderson years... I can't remember exactly off the top of my head, but two of them were in the 150s range. One of them was in 190s. Like that, 
there's no that's a huge gap yeah, as far as time. the predictive metrics. Actually, there's not still time because at this point in the season, it you're is playing hard such a good schedule. To, uh, exactly. Like you're yeah. playing you're playing really good opponents. The SEC this year is so much tougher than it was when Kim Anderson was the coach at Mizzou. I believe that they had years of when they had five teams make the NCAA tournament twice, and then one of the years only three teams made it. This year there's probably going to be eight, and it's – they're, the SEC is probably going to set a record in that uh, in that set their own record, I should say. Kim Anderson's best non-conference win. Do you want to guess what it was? Uh that's a great question. His best just, non-conference win. Just give it to me because I I know that it's it was be... his first year, his second game ever. They beat Valparaiso by fifteen oh, my at goodness. home. That's his best non-conference win. Dennis Gates has two non-conference wins this year that are better than that. I was going to say be honest people. The pit the pit and Minnesota wins are are really nice for right. this year's like, resume <laughs> if you're going to play that comparison game. Like seriously, it's just uh, I understand the record is the record, but it's 2024, and we have so many more ways to measure college basketball teams now. Like, in in so, 1995, but, sure, I'll listen to your argument, but it's 2024. Come on. But that's what – here's what I want to submit. And I don't want anybody to mistake some of my comments, which I was getting in the, in the pool on Twitter today as well, for believing that the current era of Missouri basketball under Dennis Gates is as bad as it was when Kim Anderson was here. And I feel bad for K.A. because he's going to catch some strays today. With the, the fact that we're talking yeah, about, yeah, I do this too. It's not like I think Kim Anderson's a bad guy. Like I really no, wanted was, him to win here. But. I don't think he was a, a caliber coach for the SEC for high major basketball. It just didn't. It just didn't mesh in the current era in which they tried it. All right, it is what it is. But I, I do think that there is something to be said for like as a basketball fan. I don't necessarily need to be told that, oh, I need to go look at Ken Palm to know how good or bad my team is relative to the league. Like, you're going to be one of the worst teams in the SEC this year. Under Kim Anderson, Mizzou was consistently one of the worst teams in the SEC. It's not apples to apples for all the reasons that you stated, but if you're a Mizzou basketball fan, 3-15 and 15 in conference play, to an extent, is still going to be 3-15 and 15 in conference play within the context of that one season. Now, if we want to expand the conversation out and talk about is Mizzou basketball on a trajectory of, you know, a year two of Dennis Gates similar to year two of Kim Anderson? It will be a very short conversation, Andy, because we're going to both say no. That's not at all the case, and we could talk about why. But if I'm a Mizzou basketball fan and I see a team that's 0-6 in conference and I'm trying to count the wins the rest of the year, it's the same feeling. It's the same feeling about what the competitiveness is going to be within this, this calendar year. So this basketball season. So I get it, but my disagreement with that is okay, so you're talking about Mizzou might be on track for a 3 and 15 type of season and, and that's I looked you know, it up. I I asked you yesterday how many wins do you think they come up with and I decided overnight in, in thinking about it and looking at the schedule. Right now today I would predict 4 and 14. I think they win four conference games. Okay. That might be optimistic. And that's the, but that's where well, I that's the Kempom projection too. They're saying right oh. now four and fourteen is a a decent place to put it at this point. So okay, so four and fourteen, fine. That that would be close to record wise. If you're going by that metric alone, sure, Mizzou was around that point in conference record when Kim Anderson was the coach here. 
My point is, doesn't matter if you win three, four, or six, I'm still going to feel the exact you same stink. way about okay. this season. Like, it does not change my opinion. It's a failure. Like, it, it, it is a... Di- I'll say disappointment is more is more the word. Like you, you can say failure. It's you okay. had a miss. You had a misfire in in year two after an excellent year one. Year two, you misfired. It it happens. I I don't think three wins, four wins, five wins, six wins, anywhere in that range changes my opinion about what it is right now. So I, that's why I. I don't really get the record compare. I know you're comparing the record to those years, but even if they get above that, I'm still going to think the exact same way, even if they overachieve from what they are right now. Interesting. Okay, because see, for me, if there's six, if there's six wins, that would be 500 the rest of the way. That to me, that's significant. It would show there's a turning of the corner, and that maybe you've got some more formidable pieces coming back to go along with the recruiting class and whatever you can do in the portal. That would be a big difference maker to me compared to if they go two and sixteen and they pick up a couple of wins against the other bottom feeders and so like we can argue that distinction, I suppose, but I do think there would be some level of difference in there. I guess what it boils down to though is that the hopelessness you felt in year two of Kim Anderson is certainly not the hopelessness as a Mizzou basketball fan that you feel today. No. And the reasons for that are you do still have a top five recruiting class that is signed. And, and the highlights for those guys are popping up on social media every single day with what some of those, those, I mean, you're getting athletes, right? And yeah. it is, for me, it's not a hopelessness, but I do feel like a sense of, I, I don't want the sand to slip through my fingers as a Mizzou basketball fan, because I feel like with what they did last year, that was a real opportunity to set the foundation and then they misfired. And so Maybe it's that, you know, that woe is Mizzou attitude that the football team has has obviously busted with what they did this year. But, like, it feels like for all the great things that should still be coming, is there a way that that gets busted up because the attitude nationally about Mizzou basketball will change and you won't really have, like, the simpleton view, and this is what I kind of wonder sometimes, if you had such trouble getting the transfers in that you wanted coming off of a second-round NCAA tournament appearance at 25 wins, where where does the confidence come from that this same staff will then go out in the portal and get the additions that they need for 2025 to coalesce with the the great recruiting class well, from the high school ranks and whoever the holdovers from this current roster are? Where does where that confidence come from that you I can mean, do my, that in I mean, my answer to that would be last year's record isn't the only factor for a transfer's decision of which which school to go to like and that clearly so seems many, to be right there's so many factors there's that there's NIL there's there's fit there's relationships with head coaches there's you know change of scenery type of type of things there's connections to hometowns all of that goes into Definitely. these kids decisions to switch schools and, and so i yeah, it's it might hurt them in that department, but there are ways that you can make up for it there in the way that maybe the other factors were working against you in this past offseason to where you couldn't get those guys. So it you can still have a reset and say, all right, we know that this is working against us a little bit. What's our game plan? What's our pitch to some of these players? How do we can we identify the right guys that we know are going to be a little more uh admirable towards our program despite what's happened this last year there's still ways to work around that uh, i i think it's you know again 
you can go through this season and still find ways to what I'm paying attention to. I'm not necessarily paying too much uh, mind to the record as much as I am paying mind to who out here is growing, who out here is. And and I got to say yesterday, Jordan Butler grew like he he did some growing yesterday. Look, it was a tough loss. I I wish they wouldn't have missed so many chances right at the rim. I wish they wouldn't have turned it over fifteen times. If you cut that down to ten, then it's a different it's a different result. But I saw some uh, some younger players take a, a higher role, and and I think if they build upon that, if they twink, tw- tinker with the rotations maybe a little bit more, then we can see a, a little more growth. But again, it's wishful thinking. I know. We haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen them go on the floor against an SEC team and win. They're going to have some chances coming up, but you do have to take some of the the little things from these losses and and realize that look, it's a lost season, but you got to find ways to to build off of this. So within that lost season, let me ask you about a couple of names. I want to ask you about Aiden Shaw because he played five minutes last night. We didn't really see him. Coming into the year, we both kind of agreed that hey, Mizzou basketball, if it's going to be able to kind of find the buoy and, and not have not have a really large step back this season. They're going to have to be guys that step up. And we both kind of circled Aiden Shaw's name as one of the guys we were hoping would would hit that next level. How do you evaluate where he what we've seen from him this season? Because for me, it feels a lot like what we saw last year, where in fits and starts we would we would see the glimpses of Aiden Shaw. But and it seems Dennis Gates agrees because in a game like last night, you know, you don't see him. He plays five minutes. How do you view where where Aiden Shaw is at in the context of like the growth for within the season and and to see him as part of it next year? What would we want to see to believe that that could end up being a possibility? Well, I think we all wanted him to be a a little more efficient offensively. I mean, maybe not efficient, but maybe just used, involved, uh, yeah, involved at all. I mean, there. Maybe he seems to be a directive, like, hey, probably shouldn't shoot from a, a certain distance. Or he know, feels or it. All that. At least or he feels that way, or right? He's Whether he's guessing it a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I can't explain his only five minutes yesterday, and he'll probably go out there against South Carolina on Saturday and play 25. Who knows? I can, but like, I can try to explain it, though, because like when you say, hey, we're going to bump up Carolero, you can only have so many guys on the floor at a given time who yeah. can't score. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, Carolero's role, they use him for defense. They used him for as, as a burst of energy. Um, Aiden Shaw can bring those things at times. But can you have them both out there? It's kind of got to be one or the other, it feels yeah. like. And and then this isn't as relevant to next year's team, but I ask you about Nick Honor. You said you wouldn't argue. You said, Carolero, you could explain what happened last night. I want to ask you what, what, you, what you saw from Nick Honor. Because well, it again, feels great when he's hitting a three, but he yes. looked at that twice on eight, eight shots. And basically was a zero elsewhere. Yeah, I mean... In the box score, at least. His value is hitting shots going forward. I don't know where else it may be. But at the same time, I maybe have questions about that as opposed to similar situations there. Okay, so you don't want to play Nick Honor anymore. All right, who who gets his minutes? Not anymore, but 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 you but what you're saying is thirty minutes. Cut it cut it down somehow. All right, so who gets the minutes? Who gets them? Anthony Robinson. That's well, what Anthony Robinson played 11 yesterday. So, I mean, he, didn't, he's he in was the a zero. Mix. He didn't contribute to the box score. Zeros. Right. Rebounds, assists, points. 11 he was 0-4 from the field, too. Right. And so, I, but am I to the point with this basketball season where I say giving him some run will allow you to find out if he's a guy for next year or if he can exhibit the growth that you said you wanted to see from the players 
over the rest of the season. Because, sure. like, could I give him 25 minutes and and give Nick Honor 19 instead? I think so. I think I could. I think I could make that that trade. They sort of did it with Noah Carter in this game. We we normally see Noah Carter play a lot more than he did in this one. He played 16 minutes. And honestly, Andy, I don't know off the top of my head what Carter's minutes were last year, but this felt like a lot more of the type of game Noah Carter could bring to the table last season when he wasn't out there for 30 minutes because he grabbed six rebounds and put in eight points. He had a fine game yeah. in the in the minutes that he played. I. It just was when they've asked him to step into a larger role, it's been very hit and miss with Noah Carter. I wonder if you could make the same argument with a guy like Honor and say, you know, you might less could be more sometimes, and that could also allow maybe some of the younger guys to blossom where they don't feel like every time they're out there they're walking on eggshells because they might get benched on the next possession if they if they stand out in a negative way. I think you're seeing some tentative play from guys like Robinson, and it might even apply to Aiden Shaw in those games where they don't really – they can't really spread their wings, you know? And I'm not saying there's an easy answer from Dennis's perspective. I just wonder if some of that might be going on for some of these guys who we're not seeing kind of reach their Well, again, yet. it kind of goes back to the uh, to the argument of, okay, well, are you, are you just going to use this season to play the young guys, see what they got, or are you going to use it to try and scrape together some wins in, in conference play some way, somehow, and, and use the veteran players to do it? So, I mean, it goes back to that mindset. What? What's the give and take? Well, how do you how do you work that balance? Got to be a balance, right? right Some, yeah. Somewhere in between, where you're you you got to see something from those young guys in that limited role in order to get you to believe that they can help you win games this year, and then yeah. thereby earn more minutes. So that is, I'm not trying to rip Dennis Gates for that. I think it's a tough line to walk, uh, but it is one that maybe if he's able to kind of crack that code moving forward, they're able to to extract more from this season than the, than they would otherwise be able to. So uh, give us your thoughts eight seven five KTGR. Uh, about Mizzou men's basketball losing last night. And look, I, I think we both agree that, look, this, this year's bad. It, it wasn't what anyone expected. It fell below expectations from what we thought Mizzou basketball could be in 23-24. It's bad. It's not Kim Anderson bad. Like, let's, let's but they could lose 15 conference bad. games. And I don't That's care. It's not Kim Anderson bad. Victor, or Vince texted in, 875KTGR, would Dennis Gates be fired if it wasn't for our upcoming recruiting class? No, because he won 25 games last year. Like, it... But if he didn't have that recruiting class, would I feel pretty helpless? Uh, yeah, I would have a lot more of that hopelessness than I do because I've seen him be able but to But not recruit. as hopeless as Kim Anderson because there, there no, was no— No, because he never won, he never won right. 15 games. There was, like not a, there was not a season to hang your hat on at all. There was no like, proof so, of concept right. ever. So yeah. it's yeah, but, but I will say, like, now knowing the recruiting class is there, the mindset isn't I'm hopeless, like, they're going to be bad forever. It's like, oh, no, don't screw it up. Like you've got this opportunity, don't don't let it, you know, sand between your fingers, fall away. Yes, it's almost like uh, I'm not feeling it today because we're not really going to know until next year. But like you said, see the growth from the guys that could be a part of next year would help you feel better about the the core of the roster moving forward. So we'll see. Uh, next chance to finally get uh, a conference win will be at South Carolina. On Saturday, who, by the way, they just beat Kentucky they, last night. No, they so. didn't just beat Kentucky. <laughs> they beat them they by, beat them by 17. seventeen. Yeah, what? In Good the, luck, man. How great would it have felt for Mizzou to not lose to South Carolina in overtime? Like again, they're not. You're right. They're look, competitive you, in and, these and they losses. They only lost by shoot. two in overtime. At home, like you can go to South. You can go to South Carolina and maybe win that game this weekend. No, not the way they're playing at home. But maybe you get that little bit of a like little bit of a fallback from them after the high of. Rushing the court, beating Kentucky right. so recently, but I, I don't play that. Play that type of defense uh, uh, against South Carolina. You'll give yourself yet another shot. I, 
I'll, I'll say that. We'll, we'll see what happens. 875-KTGR, call or text us uh, with your thoughts on Mizzou men's basketball. So, hey, you want to talk about a Mizzou program that's winning? Yes. You want to do that? We'll do that next with Brian Smith, Mizzou wrestling coach. You're number two in the nation, Mizzou wrestling team. And they're going out on the road again this weekend to take on two top 25 opponents. It's a preparation like. We'll talk with Brian Smith, the head coach of Mizzou Wrestling, next on The Big Show. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Back here on The Big Show, KTGR, KTGR.com, and the KTGR app with Andy Brennan and producer Chris. Mizzou Wrestling going to have a big road trip coming up this weekend as they visit a couple of top 25 opponents. They'll take on West Virginia on Friday nights and then finish it out by facing number 14 Cornell at noon on Sunday as Tiger Style Wrestling, ranked number two in the country, looks to keep things rolling. We have Brian Smith, the head coach of Mizzou Wrestling, here with us on The Big Show. And coach, uh, with a Kind of a longer layoff. You did have a competition that got canceled uh, last weekend, so it gave your guys a little bit more of a chance to train, uh, maybe even rest up at times. But uh, what did you kind of spend the last couple weeks on uh, since the last action that your guys have had to prepare for this stretch coming up? Uh, we actually pushed them and did some tough workouts, You know, challenged them last week where they were physically, by the end of the week, they were physically exhausted, and that was the plan that we wanted to challenge him. It was up, up with that cancellation. We just knew it was a way to get that good training in. And then we tapered off a little these last couple of days. So they'll be ready for this weekend, but it was, it was good. They needed it. They, uh, they don't like going through it when you have to go through tough practices and the physicality of it. And plus they were getting some good conditioning and lifts in too, where we normally can't lift as much when we have competition, we got three or four good lifts in. So that, you know, through the process, that's an important that's important to keeping the body healthy. For sure. What kind of ways do you do you keep them to to keep thinking about the mindset of getting stronger and things of, of that nature? Because I'm I'm sure they were kind of looking forward to a chance to to go up against somebody else. But when that that gets taken away, and they got to try and find ways to uh, to keep that ball rolling, what's uh, what's the way that you sort of put it in their head? Like, hey, you can still get better. Just uh, do these things here and here. Well, just going through our practices, you know, we, one of the days we had the starters out on the mat and new people rotate on them every minute and that's tough. So they just get, you know, the new guys coming in are fresh and they're just getting beat up on. They don't get beat up on, but they just get tired and they're, the fresh guys going in are excited to maybe get a takedown on the starter. And and it's a challenge to them where, and then, you know, also with the lifts and things they do get, they, they do feel like, uh, you know, when we have competition, sometimes we will only get one lift in a week with a week like last week, we got three really good lifts in. So they start to, their body kind of recovers. They feel the strength coming back. So overall, the week was great. You know, we got everybody through it and no injuries. And, and now we're ready to make this run because, as soon, you know, we go to West Virginia. Then we come back from Cornell. After we wrestle Cornell, I don't think we get back till like 2 or 3 in the morning on Monday. And we have to compete against Okie State at home on Sunday. So that's going to be a, a rough stretch. I won't tell them that, but it's a, it's a tough stretch on the body, the travel and the competition, and then getting ready for another tough, you know, our biggest rival in the Big 12. 
Brian Smith, Mizzou wrestling coach, with us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. Uh, I want to go back a little bit to the, the previous action that you guys had uh, on the West Coast, defeating Stanford uh, in a shutout fashion, 39 to nothing. It's not something you often see when two top 25 teams come together where one team shuts out the other and wins all 10 matches, but that's exactly what your group did. How did you see uh, just top to bottom your guys go through their individual matches and, and put up as many points as possible well we always talk about scoring points and that was kind of the theme before that week just being uh, having a scoring mentality and from the get-go they did and our kids have talent and the, the way we train in the practice room with trying to score from every position it's starting you know this is a mature team i've told you about that but it's starting to click for them and the scoring you know if you're you're averaging two or three points a match you're going to have a lot of close matches. If you're averaging 10 or 12 points a match, you're going to separate yourself. And that's what kind of happened in that duel meet. We just kept putting up points and scoring. And I think in the first five matches, we had two or three upsets. I don't consider them upsets. Our kids are pretty tough, but they, um, ranking-wise, they were upsets. So those are matches they thought they could win, and we went in there and wrestled well, real well. For sure, and and of course, helped build up some of your uh, wrestlers as far as you know the national attention that they get. Of course, your team ranked yeah. number two in the country. You've got several individual wrestlers uh, ranked in their weight classes in the top five, top ten, starting to build up some of that uh, respect across the country. Uh, so, how do you kind of treat that too? You know, seeing that hey, these guys are accomplishing it, they're working hard, they're getting better, uh, but also when they when they get those rankings, other teams look and see, hey. It, that's, that's kind of a, a target a little bit. What's kind of the way that you uh, talk to your guys as they kind of rise up those rankings? They're aware of that. Like when we go out to West Virginia and Cornell, these are like their biggest duels at their home events this season. So with us coming out there. So we know when we show up that it's a big event and that they're going to give us their best and they're going to wrestle fired up. And But we're used to that. It's, you know, with the guys being most of our guys being fourth and fifth and some sixth year guys where you, when we go to these places and they have these big crowds and they're excited that Mizzou's here to wrestle their team and they want to see their team beat us. Our kids are prepared for that. It's just focusing in on what you do the best and, and just go do it and not get, you know, wowed by the crowd and the yelling and the screaming, just go out there, step in the circle and do what you do best. For sure. Brian Smith, Mizzou wrestling coach with us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. So again, this stretch you have coming up, visiting number 21, West Virginia. That's a conference duel uh, on Friday night. So very important there. And then uh, finishing out on Sunday at noon at number 14, Cornell. Uh, just that, you know, there are a lot of road duels that you'll have uh, coming up in the uh, next few weeks, coach, for, for the rest of the season, really. So uh, with these two opponents that you are, are honing in on, what's kind of the key for your guys as they, again, and can continue to try and take what they've done uh, and bring it out uh, outside their own gym. Just looking for us to keep improving. You know, I think it, uh, like Logan Geoffrey finally got that first big win out in uh, Stanford over an All-American and a top 10 opponent. He's got another one this weekend from West Virginia who's in the top 10. So, you know, we just need him to be consistent, go out and do what he can do best and get a win, and it's, it just keeps moving him up. And then, like Keegan O'Toole this weekend has a uh, a real tough weekend with uh, a kid he wrestled, the West Virginia kid he's wrestled in the Big 12 finals before and he's a couple of years ago, and the kid's a two-time All-American. And then the kid from, um, I 
think it's from Cornell, is a is an All-American or he's ranked fourth or fifth in the country. So he doesn't have an easy weekend. And then, of course, we go into Okie State where uh, they're all ranked. So it's we, we just got to go in with the mindset that let's get the match, focus on West Virginia, go out and get the win, and then we'll travel up to Ithaca, New York, and hopefully there's not a lot of snow and we can get there. Yeah. And then uh, take care of business there, head home, and focus in on Okie State. This team does a good job with that. They are really, you know, there's like going out to Stanford, we got delayed forever. They were actually shutting down the Kansas City airport and the guys were ready to bolt. <laughs> and I'm like, hold on. But they just stayed calm and we got there late. But the next day when we had a wrestle, they showed up and they, they just, you know, that's a part of the travel. They're used to it. Yeah, and I'm sure you know be, being able to to keep your body fresh and and still be able to focus on the task at hand because again you're you're going from place to place. It's not just going to to one duel. You've got you know two in a row. Sometimes even uh, three competitions, no matter what, or depending on the week. But I mean, just uh, with how you've been able to to get your guys to to focus in on that, what's kind of the key to to all of that? Because again, it it can be a pain sometimes to go through delays and, and you know travel changes things like that. To just enjoy it because the season's not that long. Sometimes people perceive it as, man, this season's dragging on instead. Look what we got going on. We're undefeated. We have all these guys ranked. Nationals are going to be at home. Let's embrace this and enjoy it. And uh, we get to hang out. They goof around. They have fun in the airport. They they definitely have a lot of fun together and enjoy it. That's That's an important thing. Instead of getting down about travel and all that, let's just – embrace it and enjoy it for sure so again uh, tiger style wrestling looking to keep things rolling as they're at number 21 west virginia on friday nights then at number 14 cornell on sunday afternoon before returning home to the hearn center for what will be a, a big duel between uh, them and number five oklahoma state on sunday february 4th lots of uh, big competitions coming up for mizzou wrestling and uh, brian smith head coach of mizzou wrestling here on the big show to talk all about it thanks so much coach uh, for, for coming on as always safe travels through through uh, everything this weekend, and good luck uh, against those two big opponents. Thank you. Appreciate it. Big shows on at 443 KTGR and KTGR.com. That'll be an interesting test for Mizzou Wrestling, but if the last few uh, duels will tell you anything, I'm predicting another another uh, buzzsaw, if you will, through Morgantown and through Ithaca, New York, uh, for Mizzou Wrestling there. And, yeah, we'll just see how... Uh, how well they do. All right. Under the bus is coming up next. A really rough moment for an officiating crew in the NBA last night. And crickets for Las Vegas's brand new sporting franchise. Uh, that's next after this live local sports center. You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. It's time to go under the bus on the Big Show. So in the bus today, another officiating blunder, this time in the NBA. Thunder Blazers, I believe it was uh, in Oklahoma City. Blazers are up one, 15 seconds left. Malcolm Brogdon is trapped. He's trying to basically save himself, maybe by calling timeout, but his head coach, Chauncey Billups, is, is trying to do the same thing. Referees don't give the timeout. Instead... They call Brogdon on a double dribble when he let the ball fall out of his hands again. Oops. And they don't call timeout when 
I don't know if Brogdon was saying it, but Chauncey Billups definitely was. Now, the way the referees justify it, justified it was, well, they're looking at the play, and Billups is behind them, so I didn't see him or I didn't hear him. It's so loud. Come on. Really? <laughs> We're doing this? Billups was teed up twice, so he was ejected. Blazers end up losing the game by two because the Thunder got technical foul shot and hit a game uh, winner at the buzzer, and... The Blazers are protesting the game, in fact. So I saw that. It, it's, it's reached that level of how upset they are with it. I don't know if that's going to lead to anything, but the officials, again, it, it, it happens once a week in some league out there, and we always see it. I just... Good luck, Blazers, I, I, I suppose. <laughs> that's with kind of your, the bottom line. It's the... It doesn't ever seem like anything comes of it. Right. right? Like, the NBA is not going to you know, cope to this, so I don't know if it's going to come of it. Under the bus. Draymond Green was left off of the uh, of the Team USA roster uh, today, or at least the final cut, or not the final cut, but the cut before the final cut. Okay. And Grant Hill, a uh, big-time executive with USA Basketball now, said, well, it's kind of due to the recent, you know... Behavior by Draymond Green on the floor. It's kind of your whole everything. Right. Draymond. Yeah, just no gesturing offense. at everything when he when he's talking about Draymond Green. Just gesturing in that direction. Just all of that. Sorry, you can't play for Team USA in the Paris Olympics this summer. And, uh, you know, I don't blame him, honestly. I don't either. That, that's the it's kind of the price I, you I really pay. don't. If, you, if, <laughs> if you're Draymond Green and you, and you put him in that position, so... Under yeah, the bus. There's that. And this was really awkward. Under the bus to A's owner, John Fisher, of course, for a lot of reasons. But Las Vegas, uh, there was some sort of chamber event there, and they were showcasing the Las Vegas A's, and John Fisher was like a panelist on this uh, on this board that they were having there and presenting to people. And here was the response after he was done, and the MC is trying to... You know, pump up the crowd a little bit after John Fisher left the stage. Take a listen. Let's give it up one more time for Mary Beth and John Fisher, please. The Las Vegas A's. We like the sound of that, right, Vegas? Yeah? Yes? Are, are we alive back there, Las Vegas? How we feeling? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. <laughs> it was crickets. It was crickets. Oh, after like, oh, you excited about the Las Vegas A's? Not really. No. no. I don't want to sit in 115-degree heat in June to watch a bad baseball team. No, I don't think so. They're going to have an outdoor stadium, right? That's the plan. Yeah. you got to put a retractable stadium. roof or something on that thing. Yeah. Come on. I just uh, I, I hate it so much. Uh, so much about Under it. the bus. So much about John Fisher. So much about the MLB owners in general that enable a guy like John Fisher to do what he's doing. The commissioner, everything like that, screwing over the town of Oakland, as we have talked about quite a bit. It's time for the sweetest thing in sports. On the big show. Sweetest thing is with our friends at the Candy Factory, celebrate those January birthdays with delicious handmade chocolates and candies from the Candy Factory in downtown Columbia. You deserve a January celebration, anniversary, birthday, any day. Online at thecandyfactoryonline.com. Believe it or not, 
It's almost Mizzou softball season. That is less than three weeks away. And uh, it's coming soon uh, in mid-February. Two players on the preseason All-SEC list from Mizzou softball. Alex Honnold, uh, one of their star outfielders from last year. She tore it up. She had an OPS over like 1,100 last year. And Jenna Laird, uh, their senior shortstop. So two uh, important seniors to Mizzou softball honored on the preseason All-SEC list. I'm feeling they'll take a step forward. They, they made a regional last year. They did not host, but I think they might uh, take maybe one more step more. It's kind of a younger team. They got a good transfer class in. Let's see what they do. Yeah, it would be it would be exciting to see them get an opportunity to host there, but really just I, I would just like to see the continuation, make sure you're getting back into the tournament and trying to make some noise when you get there because you can do that from a place of, whether you're hosting a regional or not, it, it could still be done. So uh, definitely, I think, I don't know if I would use the term expectation, but certainly seems like on the table uh, to be able to make a make another similar run. Yeah, and we'll see uh, what they can do with uh, with all of that. Pitching staff is, uh, is young and could get a little bit better too. So we'll see how that looks. And uh, February 9th is the first game. They'll be playing in, uh, in Clearwater, I believe, once again as they... It's a good place to, to play on yeah, February 9th. On February 9th, <laughs> you betcha. So looking forward to that. That's going to be here before we know it, just over it's two weeks It's not long, away. is it? Right. Like, we're a week away from February. It's it's flown by already. So uh, get ready for that. Uh, all things Mizzou softball, and then right after that, Mizzou baseball starts. We'll be ready for that, too. 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us here on the show. All right. This NFL coaching carousel, we're – Starting to see a few pieces here and there get uh, put together. Now, some of the bigger names, we haven't heard uh, whether or not they're taking certain jobs yet. Guys like Jim Harbaugh, Bill Belichick. But in the case of Harbaugh, potentially an L.A. Chargers head coach. How big of an impact could that make on the AFC West? We'll talk about that. And there was quite a long injury report for the Chiefs today. How concerned are we by that as they get set for the AFC Championship game in Baltimore this weekend. We'll talk about it all next year on The Big Show.